Hey, if you asked a school-age kid what their least favorite time of the year is, what season of the year do you think they would say? What month, what season, what happening during the calendar? If you asked a school-age kid, I would guess most of them would say back to school time is the worst time, right? Just awful. Nobody looks forward to that as a kid. If you ask that same kid, what's your favorite time of the year? What's your favorite season out of the year? What do you think they would say? The majority of them, I think, would say Christmas, right? It's super exciting, especially when you're a kid. Now, I think it's ironic because if you ask that same child's parents, hey, what's your favorite time of the year? They would say back to school. (laughs) Back to school by far. And if you ask them, what's the hardest time of the year? Maybe not your least favorite, but what's the most stressful time of the year for you? I think it's ironic because a lot of parents would say the Christmas season is the time of the year that causes them to struggle the most, that causes them to feel the most stressed. When you're a kid, it's all excitement and it's all magic. It's like you cannot wait for Christmas. You start thinking about it in September, you know? You're like, it's only a few more months and then Santa's coming. You're so excited. Your parents ask you to make a list of a couple of things that you want for Christmas, and you come up with a two-pager. It is not trouble at all. In fact, mom and dad have to say, all right, you need to tell me what's really important on this list. Christmas Eve, you lay down in your bed like the kids in the video, and you get the wiggles, you get the excitement, you cannot wait for the night to pass so that you can get up and see what you've got underneath the tree. When you're a kid, Christmas is nothing short of magical. When you're a parent or when you're an adult, it doesn't have quite the same sparkle that it did when you were a kid always, does it? You start to stress about the fact that Christmas is just a few months away. Man, how are we going to pay for all the gifts? And what are we going to do about family visits? You know, my side and her side and step family and all those different things. How are we even going to handle that? Your wife asks you, what do you want for Christmas? And it's a chore to make a list. You're like, I don't know. I can't even come up with two or three things for you. Imagine trying to explain that to your kid. When you grow up, you're not even going to care if you get anything for Christmas. It's going to be a bummer when you have to come up with a list. Just another thing for you to do. On Christmas Eve, the only thing you really want is to sleep in. That's all you want. You want to go to bed and sleep in until about 9 o'clock. Forget this 6.30 getting up and opening presents business, right? You just want to sleep in. You want to get some rest. And so you even have to put a, a hard deadline on your kids. You have to say, look, if the sun is not up, neither are you, okay? You wait until this alarm clock goes off. The elf on the shelf is still watching, all right? You need to make sure that you stay in bed until 7 o'clock before you ever come here. When you're a child, it's all magic and excitement and wonder. And yet, when you're an adult, there's less of that. It's not that it's a bad holiday. It's just there's a lot more stress than you ever realized when you were a kid. I think it's very ironic, very ironic, that the season you were most anxious for as a child is the season you're most anxious about as an adult. I find that to be a very interesting turn of fate. That somewhere, I don't know when it happens, but at some point, 
You lose some of the excitement and you gain some of the stress of the holiday season. And you know, you're not the only one. If you search on Google, this is how I type and search on Google. If you search on Google, people on the podcast are going to say, what is that? I don't know what he's doing. When you search on Google, the most stressful time of the year, the first three pages of results are dealing with Christmas and holiday difficulties. It may go on. I just went through the first three pages. So you're not alone. I'm not alone. When we experience stress, when we experience frustration, when we experience loneliness and unmet expectations, when we look back and we say, where did the magic of the Christmas season go? I don't know, but somewhere along the way I lost it. You are not alone in that. Now, I think it's especially unfortunate because the the verses that we read last week in Luke chapter number two tell us that the story of Christmas is supposed to be good news, and it's supposed to bring great joy to everyone who hears it. So we don't think that you have to experience nothing but stress during your Christmas season. We actually want you to recapture the the Christmas spirit, the joy, the surprise, the wonder, the excitement, the anticipation of Christmas. We want it to be your favorite time of the year, just like it was when you were a kid. We want you to look forward to Christmas when you're 45, just like you did when you were four and five years old. We believe it's absolutely possible We think you can look forward to this season. It can be the best time of year year. You can experience less stress and less frustration during this time of the season. We think it comes down to remembering the meaning of Christmas. We think that's what it really comes down to. That if you can remind yourself, if you can dwell on, if you can meditate on the real, true, deep, wonderful, shocking, unbelievably exciting message of Christmas, then you can experience a lot of the joy and wonder that you did when you were a child. Now, here's the thing. I'm guessing a lot of you are sitting here this morning and you're saying to yourself, Dan, we hear this every single year. Do you understand that? Every single year, I hear some pastor or my religious aunt or somebody in my life telling me, you need to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. You've heard it. You already know it. And yet you still haven't experienced the joy and the wonder and excitement. You still do carry around all of the stress and grief and loneliness and pain during the Christmas season. So what could I possibly say that you haven't already heard that might actually make a difference over the next couple? couple of weeks in your family. We think Christmas is a story about a baby being born. And in one sense, on one hand, that's certainly true. But what if I told you the Christmas story is actually not primarily the story of a baby being born? What if Christmas was something even bigger than that? If you can grab a hold of that truth, that there's something even greater than a cute, wiggly little baby being born 2,000 years ago. If you can grab onto that truth, there's something greater going on in the Christmas story. I promise you, it'll restore some of the magic that you've lost somewhere along the way. We're going to start reading in Matthew chapter number one this morning. 
You may know that the Christmas story is told in two places in the Bible, Luke chapter number two and Matthew chapter number one. And in Matthew chapter number one, we have a slightly different retelling of the Christmas story. It's not describing different events. It's describing the events differently. And so in Matthew chapter number one, we read these verses. Starting in verse number 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just pause right here and acknowledge that's weird, okay? If you're new to the Bible, if you're new to church, and you're like, do these people actually believe this? We do. We're going to talk about why here in just a minute, but I'll be the very first one to acknowledge that's a little bit strange. Before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Joseph, her fiance, was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in verse 22, Matthew says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah had written hundreds of years before, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Hey, that phrase, God is with us, that phrase actually encapsulates everything that matters in Christmas. When I tell you that Christmas is more than the story of a baby being born, what I want you to know is it's a story of God with us. That powerful truth, grasping that, Letting that sink in has the power to transform Christmas. Let me tell you how that is. Notice first off that it says here in, the, in that phrase, in those four words, God is with us. Anytime a baby's born, you know, there's celebration. Everybody's excited. People congratulate. They come over and, and throw parties. For the rest of that baby's life, People buy gifts, they send cards, they have celebrations on the anniversary of that child's birth. Part of the reason that so many people in our world do not experience real magic, real wonder, real excitement, real meaning during the Christmas season is because they think that essentially Christmas is just a birthday party for baby Jesus, that that's what it comes down to. Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so lame. You know, if, if our Christmas celebrations, if our Christmas celebrations are nothing more than a birthday celebrating a baby who was born thousands of years ago on the other side of the planet, then it's not really that surprising that we don't connect with the holiday quite that much. But Christmas is more than a birthday story. It's more than a birthday party. Because for generations, I mean, from the very beginning, Christians have believed that this wasn't just the birth of a child who grew up to become a religious leader. 
But that when Jesus was born, in some way that had not been true prior to that, God is with us. That Jesus was not just a baby, but he was actually God in the flesh. The big seminary theological word is incarnation. That word incarnation, it means to be made flesh. The reason this phrase, God is with us, is so powerful. The reason that the meaning of Christmas can restore your faith in this season is not because there was a baby born in a stable with animals all around. It's because it's the story of God taking on flesh and revealing himself to us. We believe as Christians that God invaded our world in Bethlehem so that we could know who he really is. Without the incarnation, we're left to guess. I don't know, what do you think God's like? Tell me. Well, I read in a book one time or I saw in a movie. I kind of think God is, you know? I used to sit around and have conversations like that with my friends in Texas where I grew up. Sometimes we were high. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's true. Sometimes we weren't though. And we would just say, what do you think God is like? I don't know. I think he's like this. Whoa, wouldn't it be crazy if God was that? And we would have all these conversations. I would hear religious people telling me God is this and this and this and this. And then I would hear other religious people telling me, no, God is not that. He's this and this and this. And I'm like, I don't even know what to believe. We don't have to wonder what God is like. We don't have to wonder, what does God think of the world around us? How does God relate and react and respond to the things that happen in our world? We know because God revealed himself to us through Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, let me beg you, don't get high and talk to your friends. They will not tell you anything helpful. If you want to know what God is like, I would encourage you, not to just trust everything that your family tells you about God. I would encourage you to do what I eventually got smart and did. Go to the scripture itself and see how Jesus handled himself. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? How did Jesus treat and respond to the people who were around him? Because it's not Jesus some religious figure, some wiggly little baby who was born under special circumstances and went on to become a very wise man. It is actually God saying and doing those things. The scripture says God is with us. And when we hear Jesus speak and when we see Jesus do, we're actually seeing God act and speak in our world. Jesus who said, I give you a new command, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus, who hanging on a cross, said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Jesus, who said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It wasn't just some man saying those things. It was God speaking those words to you and to me. 
The amazing thing about Christmas, the weight, the wonder, the glory, the beauty of the Christmas story is not there was a special baby born and so we have this party every year in his honor. No, 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 no. The weight and the meaning and the wonder of Christmas is that holy God became holy man. Without this, without the incarnation, guys, we would never, ever know what God is truly like. We can use words, we can use metaphors, we can guess, but God says, I don't want you to have to do that. I want you to know me, and I want you to have a relationship with me. And so he revealed himself in the flesh, incarnate, as Jesus Christ. God is with us. I want you to notice the scripture doesn't say God was with him as if, you know, he were a guy and the spirit was with Jesus in some way. That's the story of Moses. That's a story of Paul. That's a story of Muhammad and the Buddha, people who grew up and their God was with them in some way. But the Bible presents the baby of Christmas as something totally different, something completely unique. This was God revealing himself to us. Hey, that's the first thing. You want to recover meaning and magic this Christmas? Don't think of it just as a baby's birthday party. Think of it as the moment in which God invaded our world and said, this is who I am, and this is what I want from each one of you. Notice this passage goes on to say that God is with us. Not God was with us 2,000 years ago, but he is today. One of the things that struck me is that Christmas is often rated as the loneliest time of the year. Did you know that? People struggle with loneliness at Christmas, in December, the holidays, more than any other time during the year. Amber and I are a couple thousand kilometers away from our family. But I'll be real honest with you. I don't feel that lonely myself because I believe this verse is true. God is with us. It's not that he was just with us in the past, but he's actually here with us today. That when Jesus was crucified and then resurrected, the scripture tells us he left us his spirit so that we would not be alone. That we were always certain that God is with us. If you're spending Christmas by yourself, if you're spending it with your family, but you feel disconnected, you feel shunned, you feel like something is off in that relationship, I want to encourage you to believe this verse by faith, to believe that you are never alone, that God is always with you. He went to infinite lengths so that he could be with you at all times, in all cases, especially during the Christmas season, we are reminded God is with us every single day. It says God is with us. Hey, that, that's true in like the obvious sense. If God came to earth and he was with us here on earth, that's true. But there's a deeper meaning to that. I think there's a more joyous sense in which God is with us with us. I think another way that we could phrase this is God is for us. He's with us. He is on our side and we can be on his side. He is with us every single day. God could have come to earth to initiate judgment day right? He could have seen all the evil that goes on in our world and he could have showed up to lay the smack down. 
He's back, and this time it's personal. You know, I mean, he could have. I know people who are waiting for that moment. They are waiting for God to come back that way. And yet, the Scripture says that when God came, he didn't come in judgment and in anger. Instead, he came with grace and he came with hope for every single one of us. God is with us. Think about it like this. When God saw all of our selfishness, when he saw our sin, when he saw our doubt and our rage and our greed and our fears, he didn't punish us or abandon us. He became us. Oh, you guys, meditate on that for a little bit. Don't sweat the presents. Don't sweat the parties. Let that thought take over in your mind. When God saw my sin and my selfishness, he didn't abandon me or punish me. He became me. Because God is with us. He is for you, not against you. Last week, we read a passage from Romans chapter number eight. I could quote another verse from Romans eight to you this morning that says, God is for us. Who can be against us? What could have power over your life to ruin your Christmas season when you know and believe that God is with you? Who cares if your party doesn't turn out great? Who cares if not everybody's happy with the gifts they got? Who cares if you're not able to be with your loved ones on the holiday season? You're not going to let that ruin this year because you know that God is with you. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He's a very famous author. He's the guy who wrote like the Chronicles of Narnia, if you remember that. He was a Christian, one of the most famous Christian writers of all time. And he wrote this phrase about Christmas, and it's lodged in my heart. It's something I've been thinking an awful lot about over the last few weeks. He wrote this, the son of God became a man so that men could be sons of God. That's the, that's the weight. That's the meaning. That's the reason behind Christmas. You want to find true depth. You want to find true excitement about the holiday season. Let those thoughts sink into your mind that God became man so that you could become his son and daughter. Now that's a story worth getting excited about. That's a story worth hearing over and over and over again. If the story is just there was a baby born 2,000 years ago, eh. But if the story is that baby was God revealing himself to us, man, that does something inside of me. And I think it'll have the power to do something inside of you. Maybe we could sum it up like this. In Jesus, God revealed himself to us and identified himself with us. In Jesus, God revealed himself to us and he identified himself with us. That is the meaning and message of Christmas. That is the reason that people are still celebrating it 2,000 years after it happened. That's what has the power to transform your holiday celebrations from being just a party to being something much deeper, to being something much more.
says God is with us. With us. Man, I'm so glad that that word is in there. I'm so glad that it's us and not them. If it said God is with them, then the question would be, who's them? Who's included? Who's not included? But it doesn't say them. It says God is with us. You may be here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know what I'm doing in church, to be perfectly blunt. I, I don't even know what I'm doing here this morning. And you feel like an outsider. Can I tell you the message of Christmas is that there are no insiders and outsiders. There is no them. There's only us. There's no difference between a pastor and a first-time guest. There's no difference between somebody who's followed Jesus for 45 years and somebody who's just learning. There's no difference. The message of Christmas is that God is with every single one of us. Nobody is too good. Nobody is too far gone. We can have a relationship with Almighty God because 2,000 years ago, he invaded our world. He revealed himself to us, and then he identified himself with us. This God is for you. He's not against you. You've gone your whole life thinking God must be angry at all the things that you've done and all the things that you've failed to do. And the story of Christmas is that God sees every bit of that, and he says, I love you anyhow. I identify with you anyhow. I will become you so I can show you just how much I love you and I care for you. Christmas is more than parties and gifts and happiness. Christmas is joy. Christmas is wonder. Christmas is salvation. Christmas is connection with the God who created us. Christmas is not a holiday. It's a holy day. The opportunity for us to connect with the God who came 